Welcome. Bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing to help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Very light, real MLB news. I only noticed one thing, which is that they announced that the AAA schedule is going up to 150 games this year, which is pretty shocking to me. Wow. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of stats. Wow. So I'm, I'm going to mull over what to do with that, but that's totally burying the lead. GGFBI league assignments are out. There we are. There we are. We made More it important in. than MLB at this exact moment, for sure. Well, yes. I mean, fantasy does trump the fantasy part of baseball does trump the baseball part of fantasy baseball. Unless there is no baseball, in which case. And then and yeah, and then we're just ma- and then we're just uh we're just massing together for drafts. <laughs> that I mean, could be could be. Let's talk league assignments here. I don't have much to say other than I'm in league 14. I have not much to say either except for lucky number 13. That seems that seems good. It's an auspicious start. I kind of like the number 14. All right. But I think you have a more auspicious start than I do for sure. For two Colgate grads? Yeah, absolutely. Should we set any goals for ourselves right now or should we wait? <laughs> I mean, it's the usual goal of not uh, embarrassing ourselves and um, trying to end up in the top 100. I think our, well, for sure. So I think there's there's different tiers of goals. There's... Both of us getting to the top 100, there's our ranking cumulative being under 100, which is a lot, but we should yeah. still shoot for it. We're going to figure things out this year. The number just one outside thing, 100 last year. Yeah. The number one thing that I've learned is to not draft Francisco Lindor. No, no, don't do that. Just don't do that. But this, this does beg the question, I have three weeks to pick a legitimate player to build my team around. Got to work on that. I'm going to think a little bit about that one. Think a little bit about that. Yeah, let's do that. Well, I mean, I, we can we can test scenarios. I think we should. I think that's where we're at. All right. We'll talk, we'll talk maybe about that next week. Let's talk about the episode of The Mandalorian that we watched. It was a little bit more hybrid, I felt. It was. You know, did you know, there's this Wednesday, two days from when we're recording this, is the last episode of Boba Fett of the season. I yeah, I've been trying to figure out when when how many episodes there would be. Okay, <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I mean, is this one going to be ninety minutes? Like, <laughs> based on the pace that they've been moving everything else along, was was a setup episode? I agree with that. To what? I I don't. I'm not entirely sure. Well, what. it was it was a setup episode to a bunch of things that aren't going to happen. I think like so much CGI Luke. Right? What's going to happen with that? I doubt anything here. And then, yeah, I CGI agree. Luke. I think that was an interlude, which well, I, th- I I guess the whole point was to wrap that piece for now. My guess is guess. Grogu will not appear in the next episode. No, 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 no. Because you have to you have to reach some Boba Fett closure, and that's what makes no sense to me. I see how Mandalorian season three is set up. I do not see how 
a book of boba fett storyline reaches a conclusion in no. one episode i know he's not gonna beat the pikes if he does it's gonna be it, then i'm gonna be so mad about the pacing in every other show <laughs> right it, it, yeah every other oh episode. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like like oh yeah, you made a movie. What, <laughs> what is going to have gotten done? So which one of the houses is going to betray him? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it just quickly blew up that casino too. I know casual casino explosion. Um, I I don't know. I he has to get betrayed, I guess, to set up what must be season two. Have they announced a season two release? Is there a plan for a season two? Okay. So you have to, you might have to get to a place where this doesn't get a season two <laughs> at the end of this episode. I honestly just don't know what to expect, and we're spending more time talking about what I don't understand going forward than we are talking about the actual episode, and that feels telling. Well, in okay. Some way. So we talked about CGI Luke. Yeah. We get to go, and we get to go to the planet where. Where it, I mean, it's so weird, right? Because we know, according to this new Star Wars world, that that, that academy is going to go up in flames. Yeah. So we're planting this. Is this Doc Brown wearing the bulletproof vest? Is this <laughs> what we're finding out? That Grogu is going to have a lightsaber-proof chainmail? I do love the chainmail. I got to say. It's because it's Mithril, right? He's, he's just yeah. wearing Mithril. <laughs> he's, he's Frodo. He's Frodoing it. So you go into Frodo, I'm going to Doc Brown. I love it. I love it. All right. So, uh, yeah, fine episode, but I liked it because it was The Mandalorian. I mean, I'm just, again, more excited for Mandalorian Season 3 than anything else. Yeah. EPL is back in a big way. It's two weeks packed into one. There are some matches that I like this week. One thing that I really don't like, no Chelsea games. Oh, yeah. All right, so things that we like this upcoming week. Uh, I think we're in agreement here. Tottenham over Southampton, Liverpool over Leicester. I will say that we should keep an eye on the Wolves. If our stayaways, if we clear one of our stayaways, they might drop onto that list. They're not stay. I don't think that they're stayaways though, because we we've we've stayed away from them because we don't know what to what to do with them. That is kind of the definition of our stay away list, but okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> well, if we feel, I mean, if you and I feel like we have a really good sense for it, n- neither of us have been like, I really want to, I really want to do this. Fair. No, no, no. Let's talk projecting plate appearances. Uh, I'm going to skip over all of the the annoying data cleaning stuff that I had to do. And we're going to get straight into the data science aspect of this and the model making. All right. The motivation, in case everyone's forgotten, is that we are pretty good at predicting statistical rates for players. So we're, we've, we've demonstrated repeatedly that we do a reasonable job of predicting how many home runs per plate appearance for a given person. Yeah. But... As we've discussed ad nauseum, that's a huge letdown if we cannot figure out how often the player will be at the plate. And the equivalent, of course, of how often the pitcher will be on the mound. Today we're yes. going to focus on plate appearances and trying to close the loop on our model predictions. I like it. Let's do it. I think, you know, you've done, you've done a great job in the past of scraping down the wisdom of the crowd for us. <laughs> Getting a getting an average of 
all of the plate appearance uh, totals that we can find, but I would really love to press one button and have our projections come out <laughs> the other end. Yeah, we don't want to rely on we don't want to rely on someone else. And I think that was two years ago we implemented that because it was a stopgap. Yeah, we were we were scraping down predicted plate appearances from experts who had thought about this, who had put in time and effort into it. And, you know, when we looked at it in terms of the model that we were trying to build for projections, why not Why not trust that source, the wisdom of the crowd? Now that we've looked a little bit more at the lineups and we started to see that first eigenvector relationship, we said, well, why, why can't we just do it ourselves? The thing that I'm going to talk about today hilariously is even more basic than that. I, I love it. Good. Have been I've been I've been big on this kick of creating baseline or benchmark models for things. I think I think you poisoned me a little bit here with the agile project management ideas that we've been running lately, which is You're welcome. Just get something going. We will tune it later. We'll reiterate. We'll do whatever we can. Um, and so today I'm going to yeah. present the most naive model possible and Good. give ourselves a target. And at least now, when I start tinkering with things. We know if we're going in the right direction or if we're just adding pointless uh, bells and whistles to the top of our model. No, that's the idea. That is that is the idea is let's start with the basic. Let's start with the frame of the house. Yeah, you finally got through to me. Season five. <laughs> I understand what we're trying to do now. Does this ever uh, go over into your astronomy models? Yeah, absolutely. Like still, oh, yeah. Always good to build. Now it's like I benchmark everything. It's the best. All right. Well, I mean, it makes so much sense in academia because then you can be like, well, here's paper number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the first one. We're and headed that paper way. Number five. So uh, here's what I did. Tell me, if, tell me if you could possibly come up with anything simpler than this. I, I don't think you can. What I did was I said, whatever, however many plate appearances a guy got last year, that's how many plate appearances he's going to get this year. And then I checked how accurate that was. Okay. This is a good start. It's really hard. It's really hard to come up with something more simple than that. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, well, we all natively do that, right? Yeah. Like, we take a look. That's our first. That's our first. Our first indicator. It's like, okay, uh, who's it? Joey Votto. Yeah, that's great example because that would have gone haywire in a couple, like, past couple of years. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so here's what I have for you this week is figures that I'm calling accuracy of projection figures. And what this is, is I took whatever projection you make for plate appearances, you take the difference between the projected plate appearances and their actual plate appearances divided by their actual number of plate appearances. So what this gives you is a fractional accuracy saying, okay, my projections were off by X percent in this. And this is over the whole um, sample? This is, well, you can do it for whatever kind of sample you want. And I'm going to tell you how I sliced it up here in a second. Okay. So what I did first in the most, again, sticking with, please be as naive as possible. I chose only everyday guys. So these are guys that were projected to get over 600 plate appearances. And in this model... That means that they got 600 plate appearances the previous year. Right. So this is checking all the previous, all the guys that, okay, I got 600 plate appearances, or 
if you're talking 2020, normalized 600 plate appearances, mm-hmm. naive normalization. So let's make a prediction for 2021. Based, who, based on their 2020 appearances, how many plate appearances would they have gotten in 2021? And you take a look at this, compute the statistical distribution for all the players, and I'm putting this into a, a plot that's a little confusing, but I think yeah. encodes all the information. And what this says now is I tallied up how many players as a function of accuracy, the the difference between their projected and actual values, uh, how many guys were below or overestimated or rather underestimated their plate appearances by that amount. And the idea is we want this distribution. This distribution will have some shape and that will encode the uncertainty about whoever you've thrown into this in the model. Okay. What we want to do is minimize the uncertainty, right? We want our projection. Yes. <laughs> we want our projection difference from the actual to be zero. That's the most, you know, that's the most accurate. <laughs> the question is, what kind of a model can we design to do that? I have a bunch of notes about this this particular figure. Oh, but before I say that, uh, the caveat here is that these figures are have are very rich in information but they're complex because they're what i would call a a double probability figure in the sense that what you're reading off of these curves is something like a statement that you can make directly from this curve is 10 percent of the guys last year were underestimated in their plate appearances by at least 10 percent and so we're and that would be what's in the bottom left quartile that's right uh 10% of the guys so on the on the y axis 0.1 if you draw the line at 0.1 on the y axis and you ask what's the x value where you intersect with the line it's about 10%. So you say okay 10% of the guys were underestimated by 10%. 10% underestimated by 10%. Yeah, conversely if you go to the upper if you go to the upper right and you say well how did we do for 80% of the guys and you you go to 0.8 you draw your line straight across to the, the dark blue curve, and we'll talk about why this is problematic in a second for 2021. And you say, oh, for 80% of the guys, we were within 60% plate appearances, which honestly, it's a little bit more illuminating the other way to say that for 20% of the guys that got 600 plate appearances normalized in 2020, we were off by more than 50%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, off by more than 50%. That's and I and I gave you an estimate and I gave you some numbers about what that means. That means that if you thought they were going to get 600 plate appearances, they got 400 plate appearances or less this year. Right, 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 right. Oof. So you know, few notes on this figure. Um, I just made I just painted a, a bad looking picture, but actually, it's not that bad for these players that got more than 600 plate appearances, normalized plate appearances from 2020. Uh, we got 70% of them within 25% of their season one total season of their 2021 season total. Mm-hmm. So not the worst first assumption to make. No. And that's right. <laughs> and then the key, and you know, we start, we always start to get really, really far away from like that easy, simple piece. That's a whole thing, right? Is, is mm-hmm. number one is like good players are going to be good players the next year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, on on top of that, if we can identify the people that are 
and not going to hit that number for some sort of reason. If there's a glaring reason, yeah. all of a sudden our accuracy, the accuracy of our model goes up. Drastically. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we're this is again extremely naive. We're including no external information, so this is no one that got injured this year. <laughs> I wasn't allowed. Right? We're yeah, not, per, person's asked for the, for the season. Yeah, we're yeah. not allowed to yeah. revise anything. So, like, you know, Mike Trout's in here, but he didn't play for <laughs> three quarters of the season. So I did put the numbers on here. You can see that eighty nine guys cleared the the prorated six hundred threshold in twenty twenty one. So this is the the sample here is drawn from 89 guys which which also tells you that we're going to have you have to project more than just the 600 plate appearance guys in fantasy because obviously in your average fantasy league way more than 90 guys are important <laughs> yep oh yeah so yeah we're going to find that in TGFBI here very shortly very true so so these plate appearances estimates and uh you know how haywire they can go are going to be crucial 2020 really messes up these projections. So the fact that we have oh, to, of course it does. The fact that you have to prorate 2020 means that 2021 is by far the worst curve on these. So yeah, of course. I'm actually more excited to project forward to 2022 based on 2021 because you have yeah. a full season, right? So you can see if you look back. I did this for for five different years: 2017, 18, 19. They're actually much better, right? This assumption is really not that bad. It really starts to break down at 2020 and 2021 for obvious reasons. So I have every reason to expect that the 2022 curve is actually going to look a little bit more like the 2019 curve. That's good. Yeah, no, I mean, and even still, you know, we still have a lot of noise in our data set, let's call it, because of just random COVID absences. Yeah, and yep, we're going to have to decide what to do about that. <laughs> Um, all right, so this was the most naive. Uh, I twisted two knobs to try and make this slightly more complex um, and f learned a couple of valuable things. Uh, first knob, what happens if you average previous years? So average of two previous seasons, average of three previous seasons. If you can see a difference between these curves, I would I no. would love to hear it. <laughs> I mean, Well, yeah, I see on 2021 that it's... Yeah, the curve is a little bit different, but really, I mean, the 2017 one is roughly the same. The only curve that helps you, obviously, is 2021 because you're averaging out the funky 2020 stuff. So I'm not convinced that going forward that we need to waste time with, with three-year averages really in this. Um, it's, it's the same amount of predictive to use just one year, one previous year, unless there's something crazy about that year. <laughs> Uh, to to go forward with this fair so what i then did was i twisted the other knob which was okay i was considering only guys with 600 plate appearances before we know we have to go deeper than this what happens if you look in other bins so i looked Oof. in four different bins <laughs> and you're you're seeing how how well this did i looked in four different bins zero to 150 150 to 300 300 to 450 450 to 600 so these accompany the one that's 600 plus. Yeah. And you can see us converging to good values. The problem is we actually need to forecast, especially these 450 to 600 plate appearance guys, which is the bottom left panel. We're going to have to get those guys right. <laughs> yeah, we really need to get those guys right to be able to 
say anything about these projections to use these projections yeah um, yeah so i think i think that's what i'm really focused on i mean i don't care about zero to 150 like which is funny because you can actually say meaningful things about zero to 150 it's like they're going to get more plate appearances than that this year <laughs> there you go first order one would assume but there are some guys that are going to go out of the league yeah, that's right. Well, and you can quantify the, the rates that that's going to happen from these curves, which is one thing that I like. Um, so again, the, the cumulative curves here, one thing that you can read off of these is our our confidence that somebody's plate appearances are going to fall in a certain band. Yeah. So let's say, okay, you got 450 or you got, you know, you got 500 plate appearances this year. I can now tell you well, here's what I estimate their uncertainty band in plate appearances to be from this. Which is pretty interesting, I think. And again, if you ignore 2021, these curves are these curves are okay. So we could in theory try to ooh, we could we could we could maybe we could dust off that old um K-means clustering to try to you remember the the uh, the K-means clustering algorithm that we put together to try to figure out the number of k <laughs> yes maybe we could do that with this to try to see if there's really some sort of sorting where i i'm, I'm like putting I, you're like half of you is like excited by this half of you is like uh just terrified by this <laughs> this notion but I'm if not... we split up this if we're going to split it up we should have a little bit more than just like bins our, our gut <laughs> random bins no i i completely agree i mean this was data exploration to show, okay, there's a dependence on, or there's different phenomenological behavior depending upon how many plate appearances. Oh, 100%. No, I'm not, I'm not questioning that. But now that we're starting to say like, okay, well, now we can take this and put this, use these bins. Perhaps we could try to dust off that logic. I think we need to. Because if we have a, if we do say like, okay, you know, that, zero to 150 if you actually split it out and zero to 75 is just so much noise and 75 to and it's really like 78 to 189 you know that actually we can do what we they generally fit together that might actually that might be really helpful right and then we could also because what you're gonna we're gonna see right is that top tier that because you have over 600 there's going to be a split where those top, top guys never come back the next year, right? Francisco Lindor, when he got 700-something, the next year did yep. not. Well, you, you can see that, actually, if you look at that very first figure. There's mm-hmm. always a bias in overestimate. So these guys, almost everyone is past their peak, right? There's like a 10%. There's like, no, seriously. There's like a 10% bias on, on all these guys over 600 plate appearances. They're always getting 10% less than they did the previous year. Yeah, because this is, I mean, these guys are like Frodo throwing the ring in the fire. What do you do after you hit, you throw the ring in the fire? What do you do after you hit 700 plate appearances in a year? Exactly. You don't get 700 plate appearances the next year. Exactly. Exactly. I think that about brings us to the review session. Marco... Luciano, Lucy, Luki, Luciano. I'm gonna assume Luciano. I played for the Eugene Emeralds, the uh, the high A <laughs> affiliate of the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, I'm not fluent in minor league systems, unfortunately. Um, 
neither am I, but I'm I'm telling you that if you, you know, if you Google around, people seem rather excited about the idea of, of this guy in their in their farm system. Wow, he is gonna fill out. <laughs> I know. He's 6'2", 178 is what he's listed on MLB right now. Marco Luciano is shortstop number one prospect in the Giants system. Expectation is that he'll hit MLB in 2023. I doubt we're going to see anything about him in 2022 in the MLB. So what we're talking now is really looking forward to the future. And actually, these next few weeks are all about guys that are... You're looking 2023. Yeah, looking way beyond. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, 2023 is only a year away, man. Like, this could be... I True, true, true. A true, year from true. now, this could yeah. be super relevant conversation <laughs> yeah. for your upcoming draft. Um, right now, you know, only moving on him if you're in a dynasty league. And, and probably if you're in a dynasty league, he's not available, <laughs> would be my guess. More than likely, yeah. I mean, Ooh, he's got a cannon. There's just um, been a lot of hype on him already. Yeah, he's probably going to... Oh, wow, he really has a cannon. He, I, <laughs> you do love... He's going to stay it short. Like some of these yeah. other guys that we've seen, it's like, probably not going to stay it short. Um, he's got a really good arm. That's what's amazing about shortstop, is you have to be an athlete to get to the ball. You have to have a really good arm to be able to throw it. And then you have to be good enough hitting that you're not going to be, you know, Anderson Simmons. <laughs> I don't know how he stays it. I mean, I guess he stays it short, but he is a, he's more on the power side than the speed side. Yeah, but he's fast. He looks really fast in the when, when I'm looking at these couple of um highlights from him in the infield, he's pretty fast. So that's a it'll be a fun combination maybe Miguel Tejada yeah i i mean there's there's a chance that in the future this this is a um very important player <laughs> for for fantasy but we but that is sort of funny like we're gonna come back here and listen to us talk about this in 2024 and it's like well first round pick yeah i mean but that's that's the fun part about about blocking out a few weeks to talk about prospects right is that yeah Otherwise, I would. This guy never would have made my radar. Otherwise, if I wasn't specifically focused on shortstop prospects. I mean, this brings up a larger conversation. Like, how do we efficiently evaluate prospects? Like, the only reason I know about this guy is because I was deep diving on shortstop lists. <laughs> I I don't know. I guess we're supposed to follow Smata and some of his work, and because uh, he's been working a lot on prospects lately. I guess so. I mean, you can pull minor league data out of Statcast, so. Do I need to do that? I mean, we can, we can do that. But I mean, we really, we really need to understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah, we got. Well, that's that's why I brought up the uh, new statistical samples from AAA. 150 games. Yeah. That's a lot of data. Yeah, it's going to be a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I think uh, somebody to keep an eye on in September of this year, <laughs> as you're like just check in how he did on the season and maybe add him to your dynasty list if if it's if he's available. Well, I always like the um, the prospect All Star game. I love prospect All Star game. See if he makes. See if he makes that. We'll have to see if like how many of our friends make it on onto that game. Ooh, good thing to keep track of. Well said. He's I he I 
he is somewhere. Like I, I can hear it in your voice that so you're like, this is going to be a guy. <laughs> I think so. I'm, I'm out there on it. Anyway. He's got the right combination, right? Because he's got a path. Crawford's corpse is going to be like shoveled off of the field in two years. I know. I know. And they're going to like plant a little Marco tree over there. And he's going to. Well, like, I don't know if you saw that there's, there was one article that I saw that was like, uh, you know, who's the cornerstone player of the next good Giants team? <laughs> like, you know, because, which is, which is blown up, right? Because, because they made that, they made that prediction in 2019. The, sorry, it was an article from 2019 and they're talking about Luciano who they just drafted, but the, te- the team was really good this year. <laughs> so like, what do you do? Okay. Well, you were a fan of a team that had that won 100 games and then where are they now? Yes, but I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> How does it happen in baseball? A team wins 100 games and then like 2 years later is hot garbage. But the I, the Giants did it smoke and mirrors the entire year. Don't know. Yep. But they smoke and mirrored their way all the way there. So, yeah. It was good. All right. Who are we doing next week? Contain yourself. Oh, here he is. Noel V. Marte. All right, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're select to you, buddy. We're select to you, too. Yeah.